Get a Casper mattress and get a great night's sleep. This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Try it for 100 nights risk-free. Go to casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. So do you think that it would be a problem if a doctor was using jellyfish as a breast implant? I'm just, no, I'm just, what? police in Australia had to deal with this, um, and we'll give you the story here in a minute. Also, a horrifying look into the mind of the 9-11 mastermind in his own words remember the hairy back guy why did why did al-qaeda not hit us again hard we've been asking this for a very long time why didn't they hit us again why wasn't there a bigger event after 9-11 we now have the answer and the press the left, and really, every American, everyone in the world needs to hear the answer because it's coming from the 9-11 mastermind. We'll give that to you coming up in just a second. And, and Tommy Laren uh, from The Blaze was, was on last night and she's being slaughtered in the press as it was um, uh, Trevor Noah just destroyed Tommy Laren. Uh, no, I don't think so. Even in the six minutes of highly edited material out of the 26-minute interview, that's not the way it went. Tommy Laren, begin right now. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I will make a stand. I will raise my voice. I will hold your hand. Cause we are one. I will beat my drum. I have made my choice. We will overcome. Cause we are one. So GQ is saying Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah went to war with Tommy Lahren, the queen of the alt-right. Come on, that is a ridiculous That's title for her. She was a Marco Rubio supporter. She is not an alt-righter. No, this is this no is, evidence this of is that what I am. Tr- this is what I am trying desperately to beg the press not to do. Please, no one will listen to who the alt-right is, this 5% of the right. No one will listen to who those people are if you paint the brush that everyone is alt-right. Because they're not. Tommy Lahren is not. I don't agree with a lot of what Tommy Lahren says. I don't agree with a lot of how she says it uh, or why she says it. However... She is not an alt-writer. 
No. You can say that she's a bomb thrower. You can say a lot of things, but you can't say that she's all right. She likes to mix it up. I mean, she likes those. She ones. loves it. I, I, you know, I can't. I can't stand going. I to can't those. either. But I mean, thinking about because I just it's just not my personality. I don't yeah, want to go. Like I, I, going on the Daily Show, like sounds like the worst thing in the world to me. Bill O'Reilly loves it. O'Reilly Coulter, loves it. Ann Coulter loves it. Yeah. Tommy Lahren loves it. Yeah. They like to get in and just throw bombs at each other. It's a sport. It's a sport. They enjoy it. I don't. Right. So. Uh, I, I turned the thing on last night. I, I, before I went on and, and watched uh, her on the Daily Show last night, I went on Twitter uh, because I wanted to see. I, I you know I had it on DVR, and uh, she. Everyone was like, "Oh, Trevor Noah, Noah destroys Tommy Laren. You have to see this. She didn't know what the KKK was. All these things." And I'm like, "Wait a minute. This could not have been how this goes." Because I, 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 will, I honestly have not watched much of Trevor Noah. Uh, what? what I have watched has not been good. Uh, but awful. He, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't really have an awful. opinion for per se, other than obviously there's, you know, been ratings issues uh, that have been widely covered in the well, media. It, it, may I say, this, and when you watch it, you understand, why. you understand why. Yeah, it's the Daily Show. Really here's how. Bad. Here's how Trevor Noah went to war with Tommy Lahren, Queen of the Alt Right. Subtitle: It wasn't funny, but that's perfectly all right. I mean, they're they're doing their best to to dismiss the fact that the Daily Show wasn't funny yes it was not funny no he's at awful all. he's, he's awful. i mean he's really bad he would not oddly and you're not going to get this on radio obviously but wouldn't he look wouldn't her. look at her it, it was so weird he just was like looking off into space for the entire interview which is a i don't know a somewhat abnormal thing to do for someone who's conducting an, an in-person interview um it, so it was very strange, and he's trying to come off as this, like, I'm above this. I'm, I'm the one who's above this, and I'm talking down to you, little girl, was sort of his vibe. Um, and she handled herself very well, I thought, through it. Listen to this. This is, this is, this is what um, uh, Lauren certainly held her own. This is from GQ. L- Lauren certainly held her own. Her arguments contained the requisite logical holes. Uh, but like a skilled debate kid making the best of a bad assignment, she presented them so eloquently and confidently that even when the opportunity arose, the host struggled to land an effective counterpunch. Yeah, that was very true. That's uh, true. When the audience booed her down or applauded, uh, uh, or applauded a Noah one-liner, she smiled pleasantly, insistently making her points and never transforming into the angry caricature of a right-wing talking head that perhaps the Daily Show fans are used to. And that's what they wanted. They tried to get her into that mode, and she was smart. She stayed, she laid back. She didn't, you know, when he, you know, because they just, it's the same thing Stewart did, uh, except he did it much more, uh, you know. uh, It was surgical. He was just better at it, right? I mean, he's a surgeon. um, He's obviously, Noah's obviously much, much worse. Um, But, is the same type of thing. It's like when someone makes a good point and you don't want to answer it, you make a joke about the last three words they said and everyone in the crowd cheers and you move on. It's a, it's a great tactic if you're in your home court, if you have a crowd there, and if you have a, an, a, the ability to edit a 26-minute interview into six. But like, can we do this, um, the KKK clip first? Because this yeah. is a perfect example of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And everyone in the media and everyone on the left... If you're wondering, wondering why Donald Trump won, here's one reason. 
play it. Do you really believe you're criticizing and you're not malintentioned when you say things like Black Lives Matter is the new KKK? Because you realize Black Lives Matter can't be the new KKK. The KKK is still around. They have not vacated their premises. And most importantly, to say Black Lives Matter is the new KKK is to feel like... Does something have to ex- not exist for something else to be new? new? Right. <laughs> what the hell is that? That's a dumb logical... A dumb logical point. Too. Beyond that, he was spent half of this interview saying, well, it's just a couple of people in Black Lives Matter that are bad. Now, look, it's more than a couple of people, but it's not, as you pointed out many times, it's on everybody. And, and she, she even notes that here. But if you're, you're going to make the point that there's only a couple of bad people, how can you possibly treat the KKK as a legitimate threat? The KKK is... is is a very tiny slice of even the alt-right, which is a tiny slice of... Yeah. It's, it's, it's a group that is largely defunct. I mean, yes, they still... There is operation but around, around let, the country. Let's, say, let's just... Let's be kind on their numbers. A hundred thousand members of oh, the clan? Oh, and no way. And, uh, yes. I don't and even, there's really no way there's a hundred thousand no members of the clan. No way. No um, way. I don't even think people who, who criticize and like go after the clan say there's a hundred thousand members of the clan. Right. If you had to, because they were made a big deal about the clan newspaper uh, endorsed Donald Trump. They didn't say this in the interview, but the, the media made a big deal out of that when it happened. How would you even buy that? If I put you on a task for the next five hours to come up with a copy of the KKK newspaper, how would you even do it? You, you might search online and see pictures of it, but how would you even get a copy of it? I don't even think they have a website. Uh, so, you know, look, it's not a highly functioning group. And that's just a BS sort of, criti- again, a BS line. You're kind of going for, for, yeah, let me, for let me, kicks let me, there. Wait, let, let me, me wait, quote, let, let me quote, um... And just replace her with the word his. His arguments contain the requisite logical holes. Yeah. But like being a skilled debate kid, making the best of a bad assignment, he presented them eloquently. He didn't even do that. He no. didn't. He sucks. But, he, but he just sucks. I mean, it's yeah. there's there's gaping hole, and we're not even at the yeah, place where they part. say right. this is the big takedown. To really, really minimize what the KKK did and what they stand for, that is not the same did. thing. You Surely you understand the incendiary like, feeling of your comments. You Stop know that, surely. Second. Stop for a second. This is why I say I don't agree with the people who lead Black Lives Matter or have written the manifesto. They are calling for the death of cops. Okay. Well, I guess that could be a black cop or a white cop, but it's still a group of people like the Klan called for the death of blacks. Mm-hmm. They also use intimidation, which was the main source of power for the Klan, using intimidation, making you afraid of that group. They also, the Klan, wanted a pure nation. In the manifesto of Black Lives Matter, they want a pure race nation. I mean, yes, they're not the same, but they have a lot of the same characteristics, at least at the stated leadership level. That doesn't mean the people who are in the streets agree with that. I don't even think most of them even know that. Right. I, I mean, I don't think most people, including uh, Trevor Noah, has any idea what's in their manifesto. I bet. I bet. Um, uh, because, I mean, uh, you know. They don't read it. Right, of course not. They, they just, they it. just, I feel, I don't want black people to die. We all agree on that point. We yeah. all agree. We're all there. 100% there. 100% there. The question, they don't take it any deeper than that. And what? she does. I mean, she's obviously looked at this in much more depth than he has. 
Obviously. By, by the way, the estimated number of Klan members in America, 5,000. Yeah. Well, I, 5, I said 000. very generous because I know the, the number that is always quoted as the high watermark. Now, I haven't seen anything lately, but historically, the high watermark was like 1923, and that was 20,000 members. Yeah. 20,000. Please. We, yeah, I mean, if we're a quarter of that... I'd be amazed. And but that's what the ADL says is, is five. Again, the ADL is giving you the highest possible number, yeah. right? Yes. Like yeah. they, they want to make sure that yes. you take this group seriously, which is right. we should take them seriously. Right. Uh, but 5,000 is, I mean. And would you say that there are five. In a country of 320 million? That's, yeah. that's 5,000 of everything in this would country. You, right. Would you say that there are 5,000 people that are black that think maybe even that Black Lives Matter isn't going far enough? Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Of course there is. And that's, a, you know, the, so anyway, we're getting off the, the clip here, right. but because there's a, a, this is the big takedown moment coming up with, right. with Tommy. It's controversial, but I think there are some things that need to be said. When the Black Lives Matter movement is going out with signs saying, fry them like bacon, F the police, when they're going out saying, if you see a white person, target them, that is happening, Trevor. That happened in Milwaukee not too long ago. That is happening. So when that, that is, now becomes the narrative and you're starting to loot, burn, and riot, what did the KKK do? That is not, look, we'll go around in circles. Did you say, what did the KKK do? No, what did they do? When you're saying, listen, listen, Trevor. Wow. Trevor, when you're that, saying, when there are people. That's the great, a great moment. Wow. And why wow. Trump won. Because oh, she, she, clearly in context, what she's saying is, some of the things the KKK did are comparative. Yes, they, they, yes, what they, they do. They, they, what did they do? They rioted. They they rioted. They, 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 they um, threatened, uh, threatened they people. Intimidated. Exactly the point we just made. Yeah. She's not saying. I don't. I'm not. I'm unfamiliar with this group, the KKK. What did they do? I've never heard of them before, <laughs> right. and that's how he tries to play it off. So <clears throat> right. instead of make arguing the point, he just tries to make her look bad by intentionally misunderstanding what she says and having the audience cheer intentionally that is a complete bullcrap tactic when you're losing okay so this is the point i want to make and we've started the show i think every day this week in this time with this point members of the press if you want to understand um why people in America don't trust you, it is that moment. This Trevor Noah interview is so clear. Watch an episode where I am on with Tommy Lahren on her show. I don't agree with Tommy Lahren, but I am putting her on my, on my uh, network a staunch uh, anti-Trump guy during the election, I put one of the staunchest pro-Trump people on. Why? Because I believe that every voice should be heard. That your voice should be heard. There's a lot of people that feel and identify with Tommy Lahren. It's my job to also balance that and say, I think she's wrong. But I don't take cheap shots at Tommy Lahren. What, what you have to understand as members of the press is what you've just done is you've introduced somebody who was a Marco Rubio supporter. A Marco Rubio supporter who then saw 
Hillary Clinton is going to get in. Trump, I'm going to take him at his word. I'm going to take him seriously and not literally and hope that when he gets in, he's going to be better than Hillary Clinton. That's what happened. She's not an alt-righter. But that's the narrative you're playing because you're painting everyone with the same brush. Then you want to find out if she's racist. Well, then question with boldness even the very existence of God. For if there be a God, he must rather, he must uh, surely rather honest questioning over blindfolded fear. There's not an honest question coming from Trevor Noah. It's why Trevor cannot look her in the eye. There's no honest questions there. The gotcha moment wasn't honest, and he knew it. It was a way for him to throw blood into the audience and just make her look bad. So what happens to people like me and, and, and people that uh, like Tommy Laren? What happens to those people? They watch and they go, well, that was just nothing but a hatchet job. That's not what she was saying by any stretch of the imagination. And because nobody on the right has the power to do to people that you on the left have, we just have been taking it and been smeared and been pigeonholed and have been run into the corners of society to be made into these Neanderthal racists, which we're not. Are there Neanderthal racists in America? Yes. Do they vote for Republicans? Yes. Do they vote for Libertarians? Probably. Do they vote for Democrats? Yes. It's a human condition. And so we watch you and we go, well, geez, that was completely unfair. And so we don't pay attention to you at all. You're completely irrelevant. Then what happens? We start to listen to anyone who can punch you in the face. That's the problem. And if you think this is the end of it, you're mistaken. And if you think you can get away by doing little things like, you know, maybe we did give Barack Obama too much of a pass this time. We're going to be, we're going to try something different. We're going to be harsh on this president. And if you think that's going to work, you're wrong. Stop looking at us and start looking at you first. What role did you play in all of this? Back in a minute. Sponsor this half hour is My Patriot Supply. All right. I want to talk to you about, I don't want to talk to you about global chaos or breakdown of society or anything else. I want to talk to you about losing your job. Because I don't care if the Pope was elected president. You know how I felt about Ted Cruz. I told Ted Cruz, you know what you're facing economically, right? Now, he believed that he could turn it around. I didn't. We have too big of problems. We're going to have to pay a price. You lose your job. Do you have food? You start not making ends meet. How are you going to take that pressure off? 
Right now, four weeks of food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, available for $99. Go to preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com, 800-200-7163. Preparewithglenn.com. Glenn Beck. Listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The key to having a great day starts with having a great night's sleep, and I know because I have a Casper mattress. The Casper mattress was invented with two high tech foams that give you all of the support that you need and guarantee that you get the best night's sleep ever. Time Magazine named Casper Mattress one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds the actual mattress, making it simple to get from your front door to your bedroom. And you try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll come and pick it up if you don't love it as much as I love mine, and they'll refund every single dime. Once you try it, you're never going to want to sleep on anything else. Having a great day by having a great night's sleep. Casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn, $50 off the purchase of your mattress at casper.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Don't forget, $50 off the purchase of your mattress. Casper.com slash Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Glad you're here today, especially since uh, I have a friend coming in, uh, Tim Ballard, who was in the studios uh, yesterday to do something uh, for the Blaze. And in case you uh, don't know, uh, if you're a longtime listener, you know who Tim is. He is a friend of mine, a an accomplished writer and author, and a, just a brilliant guy who... Uh, at one point, um, I thought I was going to jail because he brought me into a room and said, along with a bunch of other people, and said, uh, I have to tell you the truth, you don't know who I am. And he reached in under his shirt and pulled out a badge. And I said, <laughs> I believe my first words was, am I going to jail? <laughs> um, and he was an undercover um, uh, agent for the federal government on uh, sex crimes. And uh, those children that had been abducted and taken into sex slave trade, and it was horrifying. He got to a point to where the government was, um, it had handcuffed itself too much and couldn't live with himself because he knew he could do more. And so he started the uh, Operation Underground Railroad, uh, Rescue Our Children. And you have to date now saved 400? Oh, no, uh, more than 600. 600. Yeah. And you go, you go out, and we've seen the videos before, and it's absolutely amazing what you're doing. You go in, and some of the guys are going with you are former Navy SEALs. Everybody volunteer? A lot of volunteers. Some are contractors okay. at, a, at a reduced rate, but okay. yeah. Um, and you go in, and you pose as, frankly, dirtbag Americans who are going into 
negotiate to have sex with children. That's right. And you tell them, I want, you know, I want some nine-year-olds. And uh, they negotiate, and it's horrifying to see the video of it. Uh, and you um, have lined it up with the country for their, their police departments uh, to come in at the right time and bust it uh, once the children are delivered to you. It's pretty horrifying. Yeah, it is. Um, it's something that I think most people would just couldn't believe that is happening. I, I didn't believe it. I mean, it took, I mean, I would see it and think, this is this real? Um, I mean, I, I did it for 12 years before I told you what I, what I did. Um, and the, the deeper I got, the, the more devastating it became. I, I mean, this is, this is the fastest growing criminal enterprise on the planet. Um, millions, millions of children who are forced into the commercial sex trade and slave labor um, and, and adults also stuck in, in this. It's, there's, more, there's more slaves, I mean, people who are owned by other people today than ever before in the history of the world. I mean, you, you could add up all the wow. slaves we read about during the 300, 400 years of the transatlantic slave trade, add them all up. There's more living slaves alive today than, than all of them. Uh, and, and, and a lot of them are children. How frustrating is that, that that message is not being heard in the mainstream that that for all the talk of you know uh, troubles in in our own country because of slaves that no one is taking a breath and saying hey wait a minute why don't we all come together doing good on this yeah and and it's so frustrating that's that's why i i left i couldn't talk about it and i and i and i recognize you know i love history and i, I learned from history the, the, the greatest problems that we were able to conquer as a people was because we had all the people that got involved. I mean, slavery in America, the legalized form of it, didn't end because the government said we're going to end it today. It was because people like Harry Beecher Stowe and, and Frederick Douglass and these heroes, they rose up and, and created this movement and people stood up and said, and that was the beginning of the end of slavery. And then, and then government started acting and moving. So that's part of our mission is to tell the story, and, and frankly, you, Glenn, and your community and your audience, you're the ones that got us started. I mean, this, you started this movement for us and, and got support. Uh, I think you said to me in that meeting, I need a million dollars or I can't start. And I said, oh, well, we could do at least that. Yes, yeah. we'll you get did. you started. And you did. Yeah. In a couple of weeks for us. The so. audience was more than um, into this, and they still are. Um, yesterday, we, we were talking about... The part that, that I'm interested in, because I come from a family of abuse. Now, this is way beyond abuse, but I come from a family of abuse, and I know what that abuse has done to every single member of the family. It's destroyed their lives and changed them into people that they aren't. They're really not those people, but the scars affect their life forever. Um, And so I'm really into what happens when you take these 600 children who have been abused as many as how many times a day have they been sold over and over and over? 30 30 times, even 40 times a day. That's, That's the reality. How do you take somebody who was kidnapped at nine and you release them at 16, how do you take them and 
Rebuild. Rebuild oh into something good. That's the most, I mean, that is, there is no rescue without the healing. There right. is, it doesn't exist, as you say. And, and we've put so much effort into, into that side of things. Um, and I have here with me one of our superstar uh, operators, uh, Jessica Mass, who's the director of Aftercare. She lives on an airplane. And what she does is, I'll let her describe it, but she goes around and makes sure that the kids that we've rescued are still in, in, the, in, in the proper place, that they're in, in, a, in a healthy environment to, to heal. And, and uh, we're just so grateful for, for Jessica. Yes, well, you do, I wanted to hear two stories from you. One that you shared with me last night in India. Um, and the, the, but let's start here. Out of the kids that are taken out, A, how many are, how many go, go home to their parents? Do any of them go home to their parents? How many of them are, are, are starting to lead a normal, somewhat childhood at this point? Yeah, so one of the things that we do is we do in-home services. So if a child is going to go back to their family, there is a in-home social worker that actually goes to the home and makes sure it's a safe space before that happens. So we don't just send children back to their home if it's not Because sometimes these, in some countries, India, I would imagine, is one of them, that you can be sold by your parents. I know in, where was it, Port-au-Prince that was happening, where... The parents just have a child and they're like, hey, I'll sell you my baby. I mean, it's scary. It happens all the time, unfortunately. And I actually worked in the U.S. for several years before working international. And there's so many parents in the U.S. that were selling their children that I worked with. One as young as six months old. Oh and God. her parents were selling her online and then having men come to their home and actually rape their, their baby and molest their baby. So that happened for four years before oh. she was rescued. Oh, my gosh. So these are, this is why it's so important, is that... You know that child today? I do, actually. How, how is she? She went through three failed adoptions, where she was adopted and then actually unadopted, or they call it a failed adoption. Why? Her behaviors were ones that the family said we can't handle. Okay. Mm-hmm. However, today... She's, I think, about 13 or 14. I can't remember which one, but she is actually adopted. She's doing so well. And she was adopted by a family that said, we will stick with you no matter what, no matter what behavior, no matter what trauma that you've been through, we'll stick with you and we're going to do whatever it takes to help you have a successful life. Is that a religious family? They are. Mm-hmm. I figured it was. Yeah. But those are the type of people that we look for in aftercare homes both in the U.S. and around the world, are the people that say, we're with you forever. We are family for life. And that type of mentality where you go from being an orphan or having your family sell you or whatever situation it was and saying, no matter what it takes, we are with you for life. And this is what family really looks like, is we'll stand by you no matter what happens. Tell me about the girl. She's 17 um, that is in India. Mm-hmm. Tell me about, tell me her story. So she was rescued. She was 15, almost 16. How, how long had she been a sex slave? So her uncle had started raping her when she was about 12 or 13 years old. And after he had been raping her for a while, he decided I'm going to start selling her and making money off of her. 
So he started selling her to different people, friends that he knew. And then he said, well, I can make even more money because I can just sell her out nightly. And so he was trafficking her, and then he ended up selling her to someone else so that that person could be selling her out. And she was rescued, and I I love my job. I get to tell the aftercare stories because I get to see the kids after they've been rescued in that healing process. So she was placed in one of our aftercare centers, and her passion was to help the elderly, and not just the elderly, but those that were in hospice. So you have a 16-year-old who's rescued, and you find out that that's what she cares about is helping other people. So I was at her birthday party. She was turning 17 at her birthday party, and she wanted to actually introduce me to these people that she was helping. And she would go around to each of these different elderly people in the hospice and sit with them and tell them how incredible they were. So that's part of the healing journey where she went from lack of hope of saying feeling like no one cared about her to going to an aftercare center having people pour into her and love her and then her passion was to love others giving hope to those who have maybe lost hope yeah and she said to me and i've had several kids say this to me but she said i was out there and i didn't think anyone was coming for me i didn't think anyone cared and then our showed up and does this rescue mission And she said, no one was coming for me until you guys came. Why would you care about me? Why would you come for the one? And looking into her eyes and just saying, because you matter. If it's just you, if OUR existed for one child to be free, it's all worth it. Living on an airplane's worth it. If there's one child that goes from slavery, true slavery, to freedom and restoration and healing, it's all worth it. So, Tim, I told you this last night um, to some degree, and I talked to my wife about it last night. Was we, were, we had to go to a funeral of a friend, 30 years old, um, he died. And um, a guy who was a, uh, an alcoholic uh, in his teens and... Uh, his mother is a good friend, and when we first met, I thought she was a huge fan, and she said, you know, oh my gosh, Glenn Beckett, it's such an honor to meet you. And um, I thought I was going to go into a fan conversation, and she said, you're an alcoholic. And I said, yes, and she said, I've wanted to meet you for so long because my son is an alcoholic, and how can I help him? He turned his life around. Um, two years ago, and he died on Thanksgiving with water on his heart. And he had just, he had just turned his life around and um, was taken at 30. And so on the way home, I was talking to Tanya, and uh, I said, you know, this is, the, this is the year for me, this coming year. If I just, I just want to do what is important. And... Um, and I think there are millions of people uh, in the audience that feel the same way. We just rescued over 4,000 people in the Middle East, Christians, and got them out, Yazidis, and got them out. I want to make the same kind of impact um, with slave trade, because this is 
awful. How do people get involved? They can go to uh, OURrescue.org and learn all about what we do and, and, and the countries we're in and um, the rehab efforts. How much does it cost to save a child? It, it, it's, it's, a, it's about $2,000 for an international rescue per, per child. That's what it averages to be. Um, we're doing more work now where, where we're really trying to train the locals and, and get yeah. operators who are local in that country, and that cuts our costs way down. So we're in the process of, of setting that up, uh, vetting out people. Still, $2,000 to free a slave is pretty good. Pretty, pretty I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty amazing. So if you want to uh, be involved, um, want to find out more, you want to donate. I know they can use a donation. Um, this is a great Christmas present to give to your whole family. Um, free a slave. Free a slave. Go to... Um, OURrescue.org. Thank you very much, Tim. It's Thank nice you. to meet you. Good to see you, Tim. Um, All right. Our sponsor this half hour, Say Anything. If you are, uh, if you have experienced what I luckily did not because I had a very small uh, gathering around my Thanksgiving table. um, I know a lot of people probably sat around a table where everybody was on pins and needles and they didn't want to talk about politics. Another holiday is right around the corner. May I suggest the board game Say Anything. The whole family will gather around the table, and the next thing you know, everybody is talking and laughing. It has nothing to do with politics. You ask a few questions, everybody writes down their answers. There are no right or wrong answers, by the way, so your uncle can't be saying, no, I'm telling you, and everybody else is on Google. Um, Just everybody shares their own opinions, and it's nothing political. Right now, you can get it at Target, Toys R Us, or Barnes & Noble. It's Say Anything, the family game you'll play and laugh together. Say Anything, Target, Toys R Us, or Barnes & Noble. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. about helping people um, the people in Tennessee and Gatlinburg are just I mean this is this is amazing what is happening there and how quite honestly the press doesn't seem to be paying an awful lot of attention to it if it was a snowstorm in New York or in Washington DC that's all you'd be seeing on television at the same time they're doing endless segments about why don't we we don't seem to understand the middle of the country I wonder why (laughs) yeah (laughs) well here's a reason it's crazy um if you can help these people uh, out at all, please do. You can uh, go to the Disaster Relief Fund at mercuryone.org, mercuryone.org. Every penny raised will go to help the people at Gatlinburg. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Mercury. 